Welcome to Inside Games, the only gaming news show brave enough to say that it's not very rewarding to play games from Blizzard Entertainment these days. Yeah, and according to some newly available salary information, it's not very rewarding to make them either. Oh! Oh, got him. <laughs> That's right, folks. Blizzard Entertainment is somehow back in the news for being a terrible employer, this time courtesy of a new California law that requires companies to publicly post the salary ranges or pay bans for new job openings. With compliance starting on January 1st, folks have had a few days to collect the pay bans for many California and Washington-based companies. A similar law went into effect there, too. Spoiler! Blizzard sucks! Oh, boy, it really sucks. <laughs> it's, like, real, real bad. Uh, despite attempting to obscure actual compensation by posting extremely wide pay bans for open rules, uh, the data shows that Blizzard Entertainment is far, far behind when it comes to compensation. And lots of other things, too. Blizzard Entertainment's parrot company, Activision Blizzard, is smack in the middle of video game politics these days, surrounded by tons of recent news that we'll cover in this report. We're talking industry pay ranges, organized labor, billion-dollar acquisitions, federal lawsuits, and systemic workplace discrimination. They are all connected in today's story, so this is going to be quite a journey. Uh, but first, we got to get our boots back on the ground to cover the news itself for that. We brought in our most underpaid staff reporter. Take it away, Charlotte. Don't sweat it, guys. Turns out my landlord does accept gamer bravery as rent. Ooh, then you must be set for life. I'm being evicted tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> anywho, unlike me, a lot of Blizzard Entertainment developers probably had to cut a few corners to make ends meet. Once pay bans went public in California and Washington, several former Blizzard employees went to work collecting and comparing the data. Theorycraft Games QA manager Kevin O'Brien compared the test lead role across Riot, Bungie, and Blizzard, finding that Blizzard's low-end pay was half of Riot's low-end for the same role. In fairness to Blizzard, O'Brien also compared the high end of the same pay bands. Blizzard's highest possible salary of 91.7k actually lands 7k under Riot's lowest possible pay for the same job with less experience required. So does that qualify as a yikes or an oof? Which one is that? I think it's a yeef. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're not done. Heart Machine senior technical character artist Sol Brennan did some comparing for rigging and technical artist roles, again finding that Blizzard's pay bans cap out where most other companies began. Blizzard's high end of 114k looks sad next to Ubisoft's low end of 112k and Bungie's low end of 122k. Damn, should have gone into game development. Brennan even put together a sheet comparing several developers across California and Washington, again finding that Blizzard's pay bans are the lowest in the business. The only lower paying jobs were internships at Respawn. Uh, in the interest of fairness, we should mention that these pay bans represent base pay. Bonuses and other employee benefits aren't included at all here, so it is possible that many of these numbers don't represent the total compensation package that developers actually receive. Uh, and while we don't have visibility on Blizzard Entertainment's bonus structure, we, f we find this unlikely that Blizzard employees are showered with enough bonuses to make their salaries actually competitive just because we've all worked <laughs> in normal jobs before. <laughs> yeah, where bonuses are meant to even things out. Mm -hmm. They never do, but we did find one data point there. World of Warcraft associate producer Glaxograv shared their compensation structure, 85000 a year, with an annual bonus of around 8000 you can decide for yourself if a bonus of less than 10% of your already really low salary sounds like a good deal or not. Apart from that, the posting opened a floodgate of former Blizzard Entertainment employees revealing just how much their compensation increased after leaving Blizzard. Uh, Caden House said EA offered them almost 
double after being laid off for Blizzard for the same role in a lower cost of living area. Uh, Aaron says their wage increased 2.6 times, writing that Blizzard offers the worst pay of any major company I've worked at. The list goes on. Kim Steiner claimed a 41% raise, Jen Clazing a 75% raise, and Erica more than doubled their pay rate by moving to Riot after working at Blizzard for eight years. That's on top of working less overtime, feeling more appreciated in general, and finally affording to live in their area without roommates. Youf! Youf? That's, is, are we in youth territory? It's a certified youth, yeah. <laughs> All right, but, but it's time for a little dash of Jokerized Free Market Lawrence. This is my favorite part of every Inside Games episode. Uh, we're hearing a lot of uh, stories about Blizzard employees figuring out they can actually work at other companies for higher compensation. Lawrence, isn't this just the free market working as intended? Competing companies are offering higher wages and better conditions so they get the workers, right? Saw a lot of people in comment sections claiming that. But, yeah, uh, uh, it's not it's not great. Why don't we hold on a second there, Captain Bootstraps? Problem is that the free market currently allows employers to suppress and manipulate their own workforce. Naturally, this is going to be subjective, depending on how much you just love big companies earning billions of dollars with no oversight. But Blizzard Entertainment specifically has been accused through lawsuits at the federal and state level of systemically suppressing the career growth and pay of its employees. Particularly, it's female ones, because... <sighs> Not gonna be a dude, I mean, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> Who else is it gonna be? Come on. <laughs> at Blizzard, I didn't get to do anything, but I went to Riot and they let me fart on twice as many desks and, and female employees. <laughs> yeah, it turns out the free market isn't so free when there are huge, coordinated, and intelligent systems designed to deprive you of equal pay and opportunities. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Lord. It's, uh, case in point, Playable World's senior server engineer, Valentine Powell, posted about Blizzard's long-standing policy of not telling employees pay bans for their own jobs while they work there, uh, of course. Instead, they tell you your band penetration, <laughs> uh, which only tells you which one third of your own pay band you're currently in. What? And then given how wide, yeah, that's no, ridiculous. They're, this is a bunch of bullshit to just tell you what they're paying other people. Uh, and given how wide those bands are, Powell says that information was almost useless because that's what they meant it to be. <laughs> Imagine asking for a raise and the only response is, well, it turns out you're at the top end of your pay band. And then you're like, well, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you're at the top of it, buddy. Yeah, Powell also offered a little more context about Blizzard's pay structure, revealing that it's somehow worse than the numbers on the page would imply. What's that all about, Charlotte? Yeah, it turns out that these rates that we're seeing now, which are extremely low compared to others in the field, are somehow quite a bit better than they used to be. According to Powell, Blizzard applied a cost of labor increase during the summer of 2021 to fight worker attrition. Powell got a salary increase of over 13%. The figures we see now reflect those raises, and Blizzard still ended up at the bottom of the compensation ranking. <laughs> I mean, God... And guess what, everybody who's watching? It still gets worse. Oh, uh, it's too much. It's too much. We need a little mid-episode snack, a little snack time, a little break provided by this episode's sponsor, Factor. Today's episode of Inside Games is brought to you by Factor. I've been using Factor for a couple of months now. It's really, really great to fill in the gaps in diets. You know, times when you don't have time to cook or you're maybe uh, tempted to order delivery, maybe not so healthy, Factor's great. It's always in the fridge. It's available in a couple of minutes. And when you're in an epic gaming session or more like me, if you're like really fixated on a, t a work task, you know, scripting, sometimes I go a long time forgetting to eat. Uh, so this is really good. It's very convenient, Factor is. It saves time and alleviates stress. That's right, no prep. 
no mess. Factor cuts out stressful meal planning and extensive prepping. And finally, Factor offers flexibility in their food choices. With meal preferences like keto, calorie smart, and vegan, vegetarian, there's more than 27 meal options every week, so there's something for everyone. And you can add more or reduce the number depending on your specific needs. But once again, thank you Factor for sponsoring this episode. Use our link in the description or go to go.factor75.com and use the code POG inside Jan60 for 60% off your first box. Once more, that's go.factor75.com. Code POG inside Jan60 for 60% off your first box. Probably easier to just use the link, but there you have it. Thanks again, Factor, and thank you. As we left our story, we were about to learn how Blizzard's low pay is somehow actually even lower than it seems. Okay, so here we go. It turns out Blizzard Entertainment also adjusts your salary to match the pay bands of where you live. So California workers that moved out of state suddenly stopped receiving raises because their California wage put them above the pay band of lower cost of living states like Texas. And not to mention with inflation kicking in, if you get no raise, you're actually getting paid less. So just by moving to another state, they're basically lowering your wage. Sucks, 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 sucks. From the Blizzard employees that I talked to, it's pretty common knowledge that Blizzard leans very, very heavily on bonuses to keep payroll low. And then they also sell their image really, really hard to attract employees and pay them way less. It's just commonly acknowledged that Blizzard leans on their reputation to pay under industry rates, but they've kind of largely burned through that reputation at this point. That's correct. Uh, posting on Twitter, Erica recalled being told that, quote, getting hired at Blizzard is a privilege, and that was part of the compensation package. Uh, I don't think privilege translates to money, but um, she elegantly summarized the sentiment with Lamau. That's a Lamau, for sure. Other anecdotes of Blizzard's contempt of their own workforce included this story from Valentine Powell, who writes, During one of the early team meetings I was in during my first year at Blizzard, one employee asked something like, If we're looking for the top 10% of employees, why aren't we paying in the top 10%? To which a manager replied, who said we're looking for the top 10%? And when it comes to quitting a job for better pay, there's also the widespread issue of non-compete clauses in employment paperwork, a technique that specifically removes competition that would drive up employee compensation. Just today, the FTC recognized the problem by proposing an amendment to the Code of Federal Regulations that would permanently ban the practice of non-compete clauses at the federal level. Technically, non-competes are not legal in California already, which is where Blizzard Entertainment is headquartered. But companies try to write around the law to enforce them anyway. Or far more commonly, companies will put that paperwork in front of employees that aren't aware it's illegal just to discourage them from looking around. Yeah, I, I remember when we left Machinima, they put a whole bunch of non-compete paperwork in front of me, and I just stared at it because I, real I could just walk out of the room without signing it, so I did, but... It certainly seems very official and very enforceable when they put it in front of you. I don't know if you got any of that, Bruce. Oh yeah, and I was gonna say, they also do this thing where sometimes companies will put a non-compete in front of you if they're laying you off and say they won't give you your severance until you sign that, and that's illegal. Um, so don't ever do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't ever do that. Uh, but they will do that. They'll say those sorts of things. They'll like say them out loud, but they won't put it in writing because it's, it's illegal. Uh, and I've heard stories of that. I don't think that happened to me, but I've heard stories of that, and I've always been like, nope, don't sign those. Just don't sign them. Yeah, so these are all just examples of how the market isn't really quite as free for workers as it seems, even though we do have a lot of stories of workers leaving Blizzard and going to better paying jobs like Riot. Uh, and, you know, just to put the cherry on top, the line at the end of all these stories that, that really drives it home, Blizzard Entertainment's parent company, Activision Blizzard, earned $8.8 billion in revenue in 2021, and that's up from $8.1 billion in 2020. Say the line, Bart!
8.8 billion in revenue in 2021. Well, luckily for game developers, the winds are starting to change. Uh, Following the formation of the first North American Game Developer Union back in December 2021, many other high-profile groups have voted to unionize under increasingly larger parent companies. Yeah, just this week, quality assurance employees at Microsoft-owned ZeniMax voted to join ZeniMax Workers United, forming both the first union at Microsoft ever and the largest video game union in the United States so far. Outside of that, a lot of the organization activity has occurred under Activision Blizzard's corporate umbrella. I wonder why that is, Charlotte. (laughs) Raven Software's QA voted to unionize in May 2022. Add into that the unionization of the aptly named Boston-based proletariat, which Blizzard actually acquired in July of 2022, LOL, and the unionization of Blizzard Albany, formerly Vicarious Visions, and Activision Blizzard now has three studio unions under its corporate umbrella. The next step will be for all these unions to negotiate a labor contract with Activision Blizzard, likely aiming to secure better pay rates and more perks for their members. The Game Workers Alliance, which represents Raven Software QA, says the process is not going smoothly. According to the union, Activision withheld an hourly raise from union members, which they are legally required to reinstate and pay retroactively. In general, the union claims 18 active proposals with Activision Blizzard, with the company rejecting or deferring all but three. Yeah, we have yet to see an organized labor contract executed in game development in the United States. So we really are on the brink of games industry history here. From that perspective, it does make a little more sense why Activision Blizzard would drag their heels so hard. Uh, Yeah, whatever agreement Activision Blizzard ends up accepting, I mean, if they ever do, will set a powerful precedent for unionized labor and games going forward. Uh, Given Activision's hardball tactics described in both federal and state lawsuits, it's a safe bet they don't want to go down in the history books as giving up a whole lot of ground here. Yeah, yeah, it's also possible that Microsoft will actually beat them to the punch and agree to labor contract terms with ZeniMax Workers United, especially since Microsoft has a vested interest in seeming as friendly as a giant corporation can be. They are pending $69 billion nice dollar takeover of, yes, Activision Blizzard, It is a surprise snag lately when the FTC sued to prevent the deal in December of 2022. Yeah, it it does tee up a pretty perfect narrative for Microsoft, though, doesn't it? If Microsoft treats ZeniMax's union properly, they look less threatening to all of us. Uh, not to mention the Federal Trade Commission. In contrast to Activision Blizzard's dragging their heels working with Game Workers Alliance. If Microsoft lobs up a softball to the ZeniMax union, it'll show the FTC that their acquisition will be good for the market and its workers. That's a pretty perfect political timing, really, on the part of the ZeniMax Workers United. Almost like other Microsoft-owned studios could probably strike while the iron's hot, get some free gifts out of Papa Xbox if the acquisition goes through. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It is almost like that. Uh, You got Microsoft wanting to look as good as possible. You might as well shake them down for some free prizes. Hey, if anyone at Obsidian is listening right now, y'all could probably get an espresso machine out of this if you don't already have one. (laughs) Going back to Blizzard Entertainment, though, this really is just another black mark on a pretty legendary series of fumbles and missteps for the once revered company that we all used to love. Uh, Sexual discrimination lawsuits. Diablo Immortal, high-profile departures, sequels that are just monetization reworks. There's really not a lot to like from Blizzard right now. Yeah, people seem to be okay with Dragonflight, the World of Warcraft expansion. Reviewed okay, people say it's fine. And Diablo 4, you know, Diablo is a huge, huge franchise. Supposedly that launches 2023. So we'll see if Blizzard still got what it takes to make a game and not a store. Oh yeah, disclosure time. Uh, My partner works for Activision Publishing. 
which is, you know, part of this whole story. So I just have to disclose that. Actually, I I have benefited materially from this relationship. I have to go get something real quick. Uh, but you can uh, you can discuss the question. So, uh, Charlotte, I'll pose this question to you first and the audience, of course. With Riot paying more and scooping up employees, is the free market working as intended or do we need unions? We absolutely need unions. I, I think that is just the answer, you know, um, which is so hard to do against these companies. The most baffling part of all this for me is like the anti-developer gamer sentiment that like continues to stick around because like the like like saying like oh well actually uh they're doing fine so like we don't need to uh, free market any any like one that's claiming free market as a consumer is like don't you want your favorite companies to attract the best talent it's just it's so self-defeating and like they can be selfish and be on the right side of history like (laughs) it's it would the games would be better you know that's if you pay people more they tend to work better I think I'll, I'll play a, just a tiny little bit of devil's advocate Jokerize Lawrence here for a second, which is uh, if we pay people more, the games are going to go up price and they already are. Um, and that said, in my opinion, as a working adult, I would rather pay $10 more for happier talent and better video games. <laughs> that would just... That oh, would, yeah. The, that would, the that's angel me. appears. That's, the devil appears. Yeah, they that, shake hands. <laughs> that's me. I, so, so look at it that way if you're like, but I don't want my games going up in price. They'll probably be better if people are happier while they're working. <laughs> so, um, all right, Lawrence, what'd you, what'd you get from Activision Publishing? Uh, uh, it'll be clear why I'm such an Activision shill when you see these bad boys. That's right, Crash Bandicoot socks. <laughs> Got a little Crash Bandicoot on there? <laughs> I didn't have to pay wow. for that. Those are there's free? two of them too. It looks like there's one, but there's actually two for two feet. The degree to which I'm questioning your journalistic integrity is severe. Uh, Lawrence, do you want to comment on this, or should we just go to, into the patrons? The the problem that I always come back to because I I tend to I want to think that way too that like competition will will save everything. The only thing I keep coming back to that I can't stop thinking about is just the absurd amount of profit these companies are generating. They don't need to raise prices. And they don't need to pay their employees so low. Need has nothing to do with it. So, like, Activision could break off a billion of their, like, yearly profits and treat all their employees so much better. But they're not, because they're they're shaving every number. That is business, I guess. But it's not necessary. And, and to think that, like, humane treatment and good pay of employees would translate over into increased cost of good, it's not that direct, because there's so much profit to play with in the middle. Their margins are outrageous. So, I... I mean, the thing I I get torn about this because I also know that employees that work, some employees that work for big companies like that can sometimes fall into nice little jobs where they don't do a whole lot. So, you know, you show up at Blizzard or whatever, you write some stuff on a whiteboard, you eat two meals in the commissary, and by then it's time to go home. So I've heard stories about people that are paid to do that. But at the same time, that same company is paying QA people almost nothing to do the job that is important. So it's just like it's, it's imbalances all around. I guess. Um, and maybe that's just life. But uh, it would be nice if there was something like just just the raw amount of money these companies are making. It would be nice if there was some force pushing back in the other direction, because that the weight of that money has so much momentum and inertia behind it that the individual in this market needs a little help to catch up to that. Well, I mean, like and also uh, to to all those points, it, it, it's the company's job to get rid of those people. Honestly, it is. It's, it's the company's job to that's what they pay other people for. 
is to go through their the, uh, their employees and be like, this person's not pulling their weight. Um, we have to, you know, whatever, move them to a different position or lay them off or whatever. There's always going to be people like that. We might as well just pay the, pay the lower level employees more. <laughs> I know. I see, and I know that it doesn't, but that's totally their job. And it's kind of one of those things where like uh, all of the onus is on the company because they are making so much fucking money. So put the money towards the things that actually makes the company better. That's always the, that's been my philosophy. Anyways, uh, here are some special patrons that always pay their union dues. Uh, James Bowser, the Creatures with Nerds Brews Gaming, Crab Foam, and Rook or Captain Coldblood. Now I've got a grip of patrons that have never crossed a picket line, ever. Christopher Glavin, Sean McLaughlin, Charles Gard, and Knight Bort. 